We're starting a, a, a lead up to Easter, a message series entitled Earthquakes of Biblical Proportions. And the tagline in it says, when life is literally shaking beneath your feet. When life is literally shaking beneath your feet. And as we look through scripture and look through the Bible, you'll see uh, if you do a study and maybe you get a concordance out or something like that, and you'll see that the term earthquake happens 16 times in the Bible uh, in 13 different verses. So it is something that's biblical and something that's in place uh, that uh, God talks about in his word. And I want us to look in Mark chapter 13, the uh, gospel of Mark chapter 13 is where we're going to go to to take our text from for this series. Mark chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. How many loved that March weather this morning with snowflakes hitting your windshield when we was traveling to Vanceburg this morning? That was awesome. What better way to leave March than uh, at the end of March uh, with wind, uh, snow hitting your windshield on the way to church this morning? It says, Then he, speaking about Jesus, Anytime you see capital he, it's talking about Jesus, went out in the temple, and one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another, that there shall not be thrown down. Now he said on the Mount of Olives, opposite to the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us when these things will be. And what will be the sign of when these things will be fulfilled? Jesus answered them say, and began to say, Take heed that no one deceives you. Everybody underline that. If you've got an ink pen in your Bible, I want you to underline that. Take heed that no one deceives you. Whenever I think about deception, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 comes to mind. It said, uh, Be not deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And with the same measure he sows, the same measure shall he reap. So the Bible tells us, be not deceived. Jesus is teaching here to his disciples, don't be deceived. Don't let anyone deceive you. Verse 6, for many will come in my name saying, I am he. And will deceive many. How sad that is that deception happens whenever we fall into the entrapment that the enemy uses individuals in our life to influence us when God is trying to direct our path Amen. and I say it often I will put my trust in no man because I only serve one God Amen. I will not put my trust in any form of government because I only trust God amen do I love my government yes do I love a lot of men yes but at the end of the day, it's about where's my relationship with Jesus Christ and him alone is going to make the end whenever I stand before him. He's, I'm not going to have to give an account of how I voted or I'm not going to have to give account of who my loyalty to do was here on this earth. I'm going to have to give an account. What did I do with Jesus? It's as simple as that. So the simpler you keep your life, the better off you'll be. Just trust in Jesus. Put your trust in him. Jesus said there's coming people in the last days that's going to say that they are Jesus Christ, that they are the Messiah, that they are the ones to lead, and they're the ones to listen to, and they'll deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled, for such things must happen, 
But the end is not yet. How many's heard of wars? Have you ever heard of a war? I thank uh, God for people like Pap is here with us today, and, and Pap served uh, our country in the Vietnam War, and it went on for a long time, and it was a, a lot of debate about what all was happening over there, and uh, America was in a t turmoil type state. And last week they had uh, uh, honor to give honor to the Vietnam veterans. So, Pap, I give you honor for serving our country and, and for serving us and, and for protecting our freedoms and, and what we're living in today. I honor you for that. The Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. Amen. Let's give Pap a hand. Love you, Pap. Thankful for everything that you did. Jesus said there's going to be wars. That wasn't the first war. There was civil wars. There was Revolutionary War, War 1812, the American Indian War. The, you just go all through the years of World War I over in England, and, and then you had World War II over in England, and then you just keep going. There's wars everywhere. Then you go to Iraq in, the, in my generation's time. I remember whenever on the news channel that they showed the, the live coverage of the war and the bombs dropping over in Iraq during the first war of Iraq back in the 90s. I remember the turn of the century and, and when we went into the 20th, 21st century in 2000 and everybody's worded at the end of 1999 that the internet was going to crash and it was going to shut all the stuff down and, and we're just going to go to war. And I remember in, 19, uh, or in 2000, uh, September 11th of 2001, whenever the planes crashed in the buildings and, and it brought about a war. And I remember when American troops first went to Afghanistan to go try to track down bin Laden. And I remember when we were in Iraq and going to do the war there. The longest running war in American history is the war in Afghanistan. We spent more time in war in our generation. This generation that's alive today in America has seen more war during their lifetime than any previous generation. Like little Ella has never lived a day where that there wasn't a war. The Civil War caused a lot of stuff to happen. It was pretty much settled in five years. Wars happen. But Jesus did say the end is not yet because of that. There's other things to watch for. We need to be watchful. Amen? Jesus was teaching his disciples here to listen. We just come out of a sermon series entitled Ears to Hear, didn't we? We spent five weeks uh, preaching to you, teaching you, uh, asking for you to, to consider the scripture and look back through scripture to have ears to hear. But here we are in the midst of the earthquake sermon series now, and we're reading about wars. Such things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. So the wars has been happening. So now we're waiting in this waiting period for these other things to happen. Earthquakes. Everybody say earthquakes. And they'll happen in various places. Did you know within less than two or three years ago that there was 
a major earthquake happened and part of the continent of Africa is spreading apart, that there's a crack literally in the ground in Africa, a tectonic plate is shifting, and part of Africa, a major part of Africa is breaking off and going to be an island. It's happening in our generation. It's happening in the world we're living in today. There's a shift happening. And the question is, in this shifting, what are we doing with it? Are we paying attention? Are we hearing? Are we listening to what God's Word says to be careful about these things? That there's coming a diversion, there's coming a deception to our world where people will fall away. And the Bible speaks about, and Jesus preaches about, that there will be a great falling away of the church. That they'll believe a lie. It's happening in our generation. Greg talked about this morning at Bethesda campus, Vanceburg campus, when he came in, that he traveled down the road this morning, and Leslie was ill and sick this morning, and, and she texted him and said, well, I'm not going to be able to make Vanceburg campus. Can, Dusty, can you sing? So Greg and Donna had their Leslie books that they play music with, and they was halfway to Vanceburg campus, and they said they had to turn around and drive back home to get their Dusty books of music and go back to Vanceburg again. And he traveled all that way and didn't see a car on the road. On a Sunday morning. What is happening to the world we're living in when the church has just seen a great falling away the way that Jesus talked about? It's the end of days. And I'm not one that preaches on this a lot, and I don't have a big slideshow to do like all the TV preachers and all that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, that Jesus said there's coming a time, and I believe that we're living in that type of generation. Verse 9, you need to underline that. But watch out for yourselves. You know what that's telling me? You're personally accountable for yourself. Amen? You're personally accountable for yourself. For they will deliver you up to councils. You will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake for a testimony to them. Verse 10 is the verse I love. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. This gospel. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, let it be an encouragement to us today. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our heart to receive what you're saying to us as a church today. Help us to be ready. Help us to be mindful. Help us to be vigilant in these troublesome times in which we live. And help this word apply to the lives of every individual in this room. That we can see ourselves in the state of where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as we're looking through this and seeing this term earthquakes and Jesus is preaching and, and he's telling his disciples and he's giving them these words of encouragement and telling them that there's some things to watch for and they're asking them questions. As this is happening and Jesus is preaching to his people and his disciples, he loved them dearly. He cherished his disciples. And as he's teaching these young guys sitting around his feet, these 12 individuals that he's pouring his life into, one of them is going to walk away and one of them is going to sell Jesus within a week or so and they're going to give up for 30 pieces of silver. They're going to sell Jesus. Can I tell you today, Jesus ain't for sale. 
Amen. I can't sell the gospel to you. You can't, you can't buy the gospel from me. The gospel is free. Aren't you glad that Jesus died for your sins and you don't have to pay anything to give your life to him? That it is totally free and the burden is on his shoulders. And the freedom that I feel at my point of salvation back in 1999, the load that was lifted off my shoulders is because of what Jesus Christ did for me. And the freedom in my heart today is because of what he's done for me. And he did that for these 12 individuals. He poured into them the way he's pouring into me. He poured into them the way he's pouring into you. He's, he's talking to us today. And he's telling us and encouraging us that he let this word stand true to the test of time. That generations and generations and thousands of years have passed. And Jesus' words are still sitting in our lap today. If that isn't encouraging to you, I don't know what will be. He said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. This will be here forever. Why? Because God said it. And if God said that, they can't do anything about it. Because you know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to get this word out of your lap. He wants you to have this Bible sitting around as a decoration on your, on your end table somewhere, the big family Bible. He wants it just to be sitting there as like a little ornament, like a little lampstand that you got. But God's word is to be grafted in your heart, Romans says. That when the word of God is grafted in our heart, it takes up root, right? It takes over. And the word of God becomes an extension to who we are. You can graft a pear limb on an apple tree and it'll grow. It's an amazing thing. And he says the word of God can be grafted in our hearts as Gentiles. We wasn't born in the Jewish faith. Amen? We're Gentiles. And he says we're grafted in. It's amazing to me that a Gentile can love God the way a Jew can love God. Amen? And it brings about a wholeness to God and how that he is for the world. And that's why he says in this verse in Mark chapter 13 that he wants us to take the gospel to all the world. That will be the witness for the end time that the gospel will spread like a wildfire and it will go to places that it was never allowed to go before. And just last two weeks ago I watched the Billy Graham uh, thing, documentary on, on uh, Netflix. You need to watch that. I'm telling you. Billy Graham, he, he preached in Moscow when Moscow wasn't allowed the gospel to be preached. He preached there when the American uh, 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 pastors and preachers put him down and said, why are you going to a communist country and preaching the gospel to a bunch of communists? And Billy Graham said, unless I go, how shall they hear? we got to let down our guard and say we want the gospel everywhere to every people on all continents to hear about Jesus Christ and his, his death, burial, and resurrection. Why? Because it brings freedom. It brings liberty. And it just makes me wonder, is that the reason the wall fell in Germany? Is because of a guy built by the name of Billy Graham had the boldness to step out when other preachers said, don't go there, they'll kill you. So what if they kill me? I'm going anyway because Jesus needs to be preached to all the world too important Amen. it's too important earthquakes when it feels like life is shifting under your feet Amen. so if you look at one of the other spots and we're going to look at three different ones for the next three weeks leading up to Easter because it, it, it's that season when the earthquake happened 
there is an Uberdrid fault, and there's, there's all these fault lines around us. Back in the 1800s, a great earthquake happened, and the Mississippi River ran backwards. It can happen here. I remember when I was little, and, and, and real little as a little boy, back in the 80s, an earthquake happened, and I remember people talking about it. And I remember it was something going on, and everybody was talking about, wow, the earthquake in Lewis County. I remember just a few years ago that man Leslie was sitting on the couch at what? Oh. We were sitting at the house and, and we were sitting there and, the, and it began to jar and, and things on the shelves on the wall began to shake. And we didn't know. I didn't know if it might have been the natural gas company. It might have been fracking underneath the house, you know. I, di I didn't know what was going on. And now we live on Face World, don't we? That's what Rooster calls Facebook, Face World. So looked on Face World, and here, here everybody's like, did you feel that? Did you feel that? And everybody talking about it, and it come out that it was actually a, an earthquake, that it, it moved the Richter scale, that, that they seismologists found that, that, yeah, an earthquake happened. Just a few weekends ago, one happened right below where we lived in Middlesboro, down in Tennessee. They're happening. And I've got a graph, and I'll show it next week, but the graph shows in the last 100 years of how that earthquakes have been on a steady incline. And in the past 10 years, that they've shot through the roof around the world. Jesus said it's a sign. Now, am I telling you I know the day and hour? Absolutely, I do not. You know why I don't know? It's because Scripture says I won't know. Amen? He said no man knows the day or hour. Son of man's going to come when the Heavenly Father says, go get my children. That's when, the, that's when he's going to come. That's when the rapture is going to take place. That's how it's going to come about. But these earthquakes are something to be aware of. And Jesus would give us these pictures. Why would he want us to be aware that there's going to be a time where that these earthquakes are going to happen and he wants to be aware of them? Why would he do that? Because Jesus wants you to be prepared. Amen? Amen? He wanted his disciples to be prepared. So he's telling this to his disciples, and they're sitting here, and within a few weeks, they're out here, and Jesus is hanging up on the cross. It's in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus, I think verse 54, and, and Jesus is hanging on a cross, and that's the picture that's there. And darkness covers the earth, and it's 3 o'clock in the middle of the day. And when this earthquake, and when this happens, that the, that the centurions are there, and the guards are there, and they're the only ones watching Jesus hang on his cross, and as this happens, an earthquake happens. And it's such a great earthquake that as it happens, the centurion, it says in your scripture in Matthew chapter 27, he looks up and he says, surely this was the Son of God. What if these earthquakes happen so that we can be prepared and God's letting us know the time and the season that we're living in so that we'll preach with a more fervency than we ever have before? What if we'll witness to our neighbors in a greater way than we ever have before? Because we know and we sense that the time that we're living in, that time is short. Is there anybody in this room listening to me? The time is short. Time is running out. And people, your life can change in an instant. Our community last weekend, two individuals woke up that morning thinking, I'll just go through another day and I'll wake up again tomorrow. And before the day was over, the horrible crash happened down in Vanceburg and two ladies lost their lives. And it shook our community. It was like, oh no, 
Now what? The families are shaken. We're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised your next breath. We need to live like today matters. This moment I'm existing in right now matters. I found this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. My grandmother loved him. It says, we learn geology the morning after the earthquake. That was his quote. We learn geology the morning after the earthquake. Because usually we don't study a whole lot. We'll just wait till something happens, then we'll take off studying about it, won't we? That's the way we exist as humans. We uh, earthquake happens next morning. Everybody, everybody's a geologist. Everybody's everybody knows about tectonic plates and how this is shifting and that's shifting, and they'll know the aftershock and the tremors, and they'll know they'll be able to talk all the talking points because we'll go study after the fact. Amen. I'm guilty. So here it is. The way that's the way it is in life. Can I tell you today that life is going to throw you some curveballs? That there's going to be some things happening in your life that is going to feel like an earthquake? Somebody say amen. There's things coming that you don't expect. And the best thing you can do is to prepare for the unexpected. Come on, somebody. Prepare for the unexpected. And I want to call these, I'm not going to call these earthquakes. I'm going to call these life quakes. That's Ben Collier's new term. I've coined it myself. There's some life quakes coming to some individuals in this room. Some things that maybe you didn't expect. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm scared of life quakes. Amen. I'm scared of some life quakes. Why? Because I've had them happen. Has anybody ever had something happen you didn't see coming? Amen. It'll happen. And it'll happen again. And it'll happen again after that. As long as you're breathing air, then life is going to throw some things at you maybe that you didn't see coming. But prepare, prepare, prepare. Take heed that you're not deceived. Jesus is preaching his disciples. So today as your pastor, I'm trying to encourage you to plan ahead for some bad times. Amen? Plan ahead for some hard times. Plan ahead for some things that's going to happen that you didn't see coming, but you got something that you can stand on. Amen? Because the Word of God is the rock of your salvation. You can stand on this book. I promise you, too many preachers through too many generations have said and stood in pulpits and said, when all else fails, stand on the Word of God. It's in Ephesians. It tells us when you've done all and you don't know what else to do, keep standing. Stand on the Word of God. It will be your foundation for life. And as your pastor today, I'm encouraging you to stand on this word. Take God at his word. See if it ain't true. Live it out. Let a curveball come at me by the devil. Guess what? If I stand on this, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to live through storms. Why? Because God is my sustainer. He's my help. He's my refuge in times of trouble. He's my stronghold. He's my fortress. He's the prince of peace. Amen. That's who he is to me. Sorry I'm screaming. I don't mean to. I just love it. Amen. I love this so much. And I love you so much that I want you to be prepared. Because life is hard. 
But God is bigger. Amen. Life quake happens, but God is more. He's my stability. He's my strong tower. He's everything I need. He's my all in all, as the old song says. Amen. Who is he to you? Who is he to you? Do you know that life quakes are coming? Be prepared. He that's got an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Life quakes are coming to people in this room. Don't walk through life nonchalantly thinking you're promised tomorrow because you're not. Amen. It can be over today. And you may stand before God before this day, t- this day goes out. And you're going to have to give account for what you've said and what you've done with Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing we can do on this earth is to have salvation ourselves and preach it to everybody else we come in contact with. Amen? Because you're going to go to a job this week. You're going to go to a grocery store this week. You're going to go to the post office this week. You're going to go through a bank this week. You're going to go across and you're going to cross paths with somebody at a red light somewhere. You're going to be in the park walking your kids somewhere this week. And when that happens, you're going to run into individuals that need somebody to tell them that there is a Jesus that loves them unconditionally. Amen? That they can walk out of the place that they're living in. And sure, maybe they went through some life quakes. Maybe they're in the midst of a storm when you walk up to them and you can't tell by the look on their face that they're going through something really hard and really difficult and really tough. And what if you're the witness that says, I've been through some hard times too and the God I serve got me through them and he'll get you through yours. Preach the gospel. Paul told Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, correct, instruct in all righteousness. Be instant, in season and out of season. Pastor Wells taught me that. You know how he taught me that? He would call me on a Wednesday night at about 5.45 after me working all day, a 10-hour shift, getting off at 5.30. I'd be driving on my way home. Ben, you're preaching tonight. Well, thanks for the warning, Pastor. (laughs) He did that to me I don't know how many times. So you better be ready whenever that happens, right, Ryan? You never know when Pastor Ben's going to call. Say, Ryan, you better have one ready, man. It's your time Sunday morning. It's coming. It's scary. And I was just a new Christian. I hadn't been saved for a whole long time, maybe a year and a half at the point when this was happening. And he would let me preach on Wednesday nights, and I was like, I'd get up and do the best job I could. And I'd preach about something that I'd been reading about and studying about. And it was always amazing to me how the people would come up out of the crowd up at Raceland Church. And it was a church of 400 people. Not an easy thing. And they come up and say, that's exactly what I'm going through, Ben. I had no idea. It was the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and Jesus tells in, 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 in Matthew chapter 27 and going into chapter 28, he said, I'm going to give you words to say that when you stand before people, it's going to be the Holy Spirit speaking through you, and you're going to be an encouragement to people in the place where they're at at that moment. And it's been true in my life. Pastor taught me to be instant in season and out of season. Why? Because it's scriptural. And he was preparing me. And I didn't even know it. Everybody's not going to be a preacher behind a pulpit.
church. You can be a preacher wherever you're at. You need to tell somebody about Jesus. Because don't let that weight be on your shoulders when somebody comes up someday and says, well, I never heard. I met you, but I never heard. You never said anything. Don't ever let that happen. Life quakes are going to happen. Let's stand. Jesus used 12 disciples. He taught them. He prepared them. He was their guide. He was their mentor. He was their hero for three years. And these disciples, these 12 disciples were so important to him. And when he was gone, what did they do? Those 12 disciples fulfilled the scriptures that Jesus told them that we just read a minute ago. And it says they went to all regions of the earth. They were in Africa. They were in Europe. Some of them went east. They spread out all over. And those 12 individuals preached the gospel to people everywhere that they didn't even like. And they changed the world. Because they preached, a church was built. And Jesus said, I'll build the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's what we're standing in here today. Because somebody was obedient to say what God told them to say. We're able to be here in salvation today. It's amazing, isn't it? How many is thankful for salvation? Amen. Amen. Thankful I'm allowed to have that in my heart. I'm grateful to God for his salvation. Disciples turned the world upside down. What can we in this room do? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four adults in here right now. What can we do? There's twice as many as us as there was of them right here in this room. How many thinks we can take the world? Amen? We can take the county. Why? Because if God did it through them, he can do it through us. Amen? With his empowerment, with his encouragement, with his preparedness. Is, is, is life quakes going to happen? Yeah, they did for them. It's a scary time. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes if you will. There's some people in this room that are They're not going to go through life quakes in the future, but they're going through life quakes right now in this moment that we're sitting in. That life has thrown you a curveball and you didn't see it coming and you're just at this place where it just feels like you don't know what to do. I want to ask you a very simple question. If you're here today, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you're tired of trying to fix yourself. And you're tired of trying to clean yourself up. If you're tired of trying to fix your own messes. And you're ready to just lay your life in Jesus' hands and say, here I am. I come to you just as I am. Is there anybody here who would raise their hand and say, that's me. I need... I need God to fix me. Amen. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? 
There's others here that may need. Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? Life quakes are happening right now, and I'm giving my life to Jesus. And I think there's other people in the room that you don't even know it yet, but a life quake is coming. And God has given you opportunity today to say, prepare yourself. Is there anybody here that say, I want to prepare myself for the troubles that come in this life? Jesus, help me. Amen. In the future. Anybody else? There's hands everywhere. Anybody else? Help me be prepared for the troubles that are to come. Amen. Teach me. Lead me. Guide me. Be my fortress. Be the one I can run to in troubled times. Amen. Thank you for those hands. When I was a little small kid, my mom and dad took us to Virginia Beach. And I remember the first time I ever seen an ocean in my life that I walked out and I looked and we got there late in the evening and we walked out and, and they let us walk down to the ocean and they told us you can go and you can walk down into the ocean. But don't get in too deep because we're going to go eat. They said you can go stand in it. And I remember walking down there and that water rushing past my feet going in the opposite direction behind me and when it began to come back out and that water began to come back out it felt like the the ground was eroding underneath my feet it felt like the world was shifting underneath my feet and it felt like I couldn't stand any longer and I fell down got completely wet did something I was told not to do and that's what life is like sometimes. It feels like that the water is just pulling the sand out underneath your feet. It feels like I can't stand anymore. And I'm telling you about one today that can cause you to stand when the whole world fails. His name is Jesus. Pray to him. Listen to him. Father, I thank you for every individual here at Bethesda today. God, I thank you for the encouragement that you give us. God, I pray that you would go before us. You would prepare a way before us. God, I pray that you would even cause enemies to be at peace with people in this room, like your word says. God, I pray that you would go and just prepare a way where there seems to be no way. God, there's people in this room that's needing doors open, and there's some people in this room that needs doors shut in front of them. God, I pray you go before them and do what your word says you will do. God, I thank you for the opportunity that's been given today for us to be able to see into our future that we would know that you're our strong tower. God, I thank you for everything you are, everything you have been, and everything you will be in our future. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for leading the lives in this room. Help us to withstand life quakes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.